that we don't leave this place the same, that we are changed, God, that we are different, oh God. That Jehovah God, whatever you want to speak to us, God, that we hear it, O King of Glory, Father. That Jehovah God, any any set notions of what we're going to hear or how it's going to come, that you might dismiss those right now, God. And and so you can speak to us the way you need to speak to us, O God. That we may receive the way you want us to receive, O King of Glory, Father. And I pray, God, that you may move me out of the way completely, God, so you can speak to your people, God, and speak to me as well, O God. We worship you and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. It's going to be hard because I'm going to try move. So should I keep this? No? Yes? Maybe? Um, I think we, we're going to be okay. Aha. All right. <laughs> so today, as you guys saw the topic, we are talking about law and order. And I know you guys most probably... Um, you, if you are here when Deacon, uh, Tiffany was speaking on law... You probably think that this is an extension of that. But I love how God works because about three weeks before we even decided that uh, she was going to teach that, God had already given us this topic. So there is definitely something that God wants to say to us. It's not a coincidence when you, when you see that God is saying something over and over. Anytime in the, in the Bible where God repeats himself, it means that it's super, super important. And especially when he does it three times and an addition to it, it's something that we really, really need to pay attention, right? So let's talk about law and order. What comes to mind when I say law and order? It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> All of you guys. Okay, shout out one. What do you think when I say law and order? TV show. TV show. Okay, perfect. Okay. So there was a TV show for all of you who has seen that, law and order? All right, most of you guys. So when I say law and order, you're thinking about TV show. And then most of you guys are in the developed country or you come from a developed country. So you're pretty much thinking about your rights, my, the law and order, right? But for us who come from a developing country, not third world country, there's nothing in third world country. That's a long story, okay? For us who come from a developing country or who are already there, we, when we think about law and order, we think about survival, right? We, the laws that that might be different from somebody who's watching for my right, but they're taking care of themselves, and they're using their rights to do what they need to do in order to advance their own self, right? And then depending on your spiritual spirituality, law and order might mean something entirely different. And if you listen to Deacon Tiffany, you may think that this is about what the government is doing or is not doing for us, right? There were so many things we realized that the law has been changed and a lot of things are going on, However, today, I want us to talk about you. Okay? We talked about all those other people. Today, let's talk about you. What comes to mind when you think about law in order when it comes to God's law and order? When it comes to the things that God has said that you need to do, what comes to mind? Because when I think about law and order myself and I look at the place I'm in and, and the things that are going on and all the things that we've had, it's so easy for me to think, well, I'm changing the laws of the land, or we are, not me, but we are. We keep, we keep amending them, we keep changing them, we keep doing something different. And so, what you do in one area of your life, most probably transfers to the other area of your life. So if you're very tidy at home, guess what? You're gonna be tidy at work. If you're untidy at work, you're gonna be untidy at work, at home, right? And so what's happening to the world that we live in is, we've come to a point where now, because we can change the laws that were written before us, we feel that we can do the same thing with the laws that were for God. 
But when God says law and order, when he sets something in motion, when he says that this is the law and this is the order, we cannot change it because he's God, right? So let me, let's go down to the uh, definition. What's law? A set of rules that regulate the action of the people and there are consequences when we don't, when we don't follow them. People don't, we don't think much about that. We think, hey, I can, I can get away with it. You should. I can get away with it. But the point is, law is a set of rules and regulation that the actions of the people and there are consequences of them. And then order is the direction and the instruction. The Bible is full of law and order. In, and it's pretty much, if you read the whole Bible, the book of law. Do this, don't do this. If you do this, then I'm going to do this. And if you don't do this, then this is what's going to happen to you. But if you do this, if, then there will be this, right? An order is established to be a guideline, right? There is a law which is not changed, and then there's an order of how to do things in an orderly manner, right? So an example, in order to build a home, you need to count your cost, and then you start to, you need to lay the foundation, correct? In order for you to enjoy the benefit of a marriage bed, you need to be married, right? For you to be considered a child of God, you have to die to self because you can't be a child of God if you are having your own way, right? So let's look at the scripture for today, uh, Hebrew 5, 1 to 10. It says, for, for every priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in things related to God, to offer both gifts and sacrifice for sins. He's able to exercise gentleness and forbearance toward the ignorant and erring, since he himself is also liable for the moral weakness and physical affirmities. And because of this, he is, oblig- is obliged to offer sacrifice for his own sins, as well as those who are who, those of the people. Beside, one does not appropriate for himself the honor of being a high priest, but he is called by God and receive it from of him, just as Aaron did. So too, Christ, the Messiah, did not exalt himself to be made high priest, but was appointed and exalted by him who said to him, You are my son today, and I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are the priest appointed forever in the order of Melchizedek. That one, you guys know what I'm talking about. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up definite special petition, for that which he not only wanted but needed, and supplication with strong crying and tears of him who was always able to save him out of the dead. He was hurt because of his reference towards God, his godly fear. Um, although he was a son, he learned active special obedience through what he suffered. And he and his complete experience makes him perfect, perfectly equipped. He became the author and source of eternal salvation, all those who give heed to, to obey him. Being desi- designated and recognized and saluted by God as high priest after the order, which ranks of that name we talked about, Mesedek, right? So what, are, what, is, what is this Bible verse talking about? So let's look at, again, we are talking about law and order. So let's look at the law here in uh, Hebrew 1 to 10. The law is high priest is taken among men. That's what the Bible says. That's the law, right? Jesus had to become man in order for him to be taken as a high priest, right? All right. Appointed by men for your benefit. So the law is appointed by men for your benefit. 
And I want to pause there for a minute. Because sometimes we think that the benefit, we, we, we take the word benefit and we change it to be something that pleases us, right? But we have to take the benefit and filter it through Christ because we are not talking about our own benefit. We are talking about Christ's benefit. And that's why when we look at the priest or a pastor who's, who said before you, he's not there for your benefit on your everyday benefit in how to show you how to lead your life. His, his call is for him to take the benefit of Christ that's been put through him. So then that way you can understand what Christ wants. Do you guys understand that? Okay, three of you. That's perfect. Alright. No one chooses him. He's chosen by God just like Aaron was. Jesus himself was chosen as well. Hebrew 5.5 5, 5, 5 says, so to, to, so to Christ, the Messiah, did not exhort himself to be made high priest, but was appointed and exhorted by him who said to him, you are my son today, I have begotten you. And when I think about these verses, Christ was appointed. He was appointed because he had a plan and a purpose for himself to do, right? And so even you guys, you as a Christian, you have been called for a plan and a purpose. Right? You've been appointed for a position. And what I see most of us do is we leave our position and our post that we've been called to do. And then we walk into somebody else's position because that's what we need. And we leave our area not guarded. And the enemy comes in and destroys other places. And God is reminding us that even Jesus himself was called for a purpose and a plan. He could have chosen to lead the country. He could have chosen to lead those people. That's what they wanted him. They wanted a leader, right? But he said, this is not my calling. Maybe in a position of leadership, maybe you can argue like, oh, maybe he would have had more influence. But for him, that was not his call. His call was to come and be the Messiah for the people. And so even for you, as as you go on your day, ask yourself and ask, ask God, what have I been called to do? Where have I been called to be? To do, where have I been called and am I leaving my position and being somewhere I'm not supposed to be? The office of the priest is nothing to campaign for. It is chosen position by God. Again, it's in the society that we've been. So remember what I said. I talked about in one area, if you, if you, if you do something in one area of your life, it translates to another area of your life. If you're not careful and you don't let the spirit lead you, right? So guess what? In our job positions, we are always campaigning, trying to get to the next position. You might say, I don't campaign, but trust me, it is campaign, regardless, right? We, because you, you're trying to work harder, you're trying to do those things so you can be taken to the next position. And guess what? If we do not watch our hearts, that's exactly the same that's gonna happen. We are gonna try to tell God, God, look at what I'm doing so you can take me to the next step. Oh God, maybe I should this, look at how far I've come, but then we forget that we've all seen and come short of God's glory, right? It's going to be very hard to drink water and hold these at the same time, but we'll try. (laughs) All right. um, So the office of the priest is nothing to campaign for. It is a chosen position by God. There is no microwave ranking up. What I mean by that is we are so used to have a a society where everything is fast and we put in the microwave and it's done within the next five minutes. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it's not like that, right? There are law. And regulations that we need to follow. And there's an ordinary way of being able to get to that point. And there is no skipping. This is God, which is amazing. Because we can never go before God's like, man, how did you get out here? Well, I just prayed once a day and I was here, right? There is different ways of getting. There is a set way of you guys for people to do that. 
And then we've seen too that there are dire consequences of trying to do something outside God, law, and order. Right? See, I'll give you a couple of examples. This is what happened when people tried to, to play priests. Koran. You guys know Koran in Numbers? He got sw- he thought he could do it better than Moses. And guess what happened to him? He got swallowed by the ground. Like literally, tell me about the Bible is not exciting. Like the whole thing opened up and it's like, woof, his tent, his people and all that stuff. Right? That's what happened. Right? Saul was impatient in Samuel 13, 18. But guess what? He was rejected by God. Uzziah appointed himself a priest because he thought he was prosperous and he was strong. What happened to him? You guys need to read your Bibles. What? What happened to him? He had leprosy because he thought that he was strong. And so he thought, hey, I can appoint myself as a priest, right? I love the Old Testament. And the reason I love the Old Testament is because the consequences were immediate. Right? I, it's scary because I know probably I wouldn't be here, right? Because I failed and come short of God's glory, right? But my point is, if Leary, let's say somebody came in and they were trying to say, hey, I don't think Pastor Martin and Pastor Christo are doing very well. And they have God appointed and they are led by God. And then the next minute the person stands up there or in the parking lot, the parking lot would be much better. Because they'll be standing next to their car and it opens up, the ground opens up and the car, whoops. <laughs> their whole family is gone. I'm sure next week when we come here, we'll be like, yeah, our pastor, we love you very much. <laughs> But but don't miss the point, but that's the God we serve, right? When he establishes a law, he's not going to change because you're thinking that it's something different. He's not going to change it. He's not going to change it. Just because he says, hey, Moses, it looks like you're not doing very well. Let me tell you what I, how I can lead these people. God is not going to be like, hey, I think you're not doing very Moses, yeah, let's try this new guy. The law has already been set. The law has already been set. But we are so quick trying to adapt different things, trying to change the law, trying to tell God what he should do and he should not do, trying to to advance our own agendas. Remember the Old Testament. So let's talk about order. Are you guys still with me? So in this verse, between verse uh, 5, 1 and 10, the order is the priest offers both gifts and sacrifices for our sins, right? His law is... He's appointed so he can be the intermediary between us and God, right? And so his work is he goes and offers gifts and sacrifices. And then he's compassionate on those who are going astray. Gentleness and forbearance be, uh, towards ignorance. But he's also subject to weakness. So God is holy, right? And he understands. So, and, and, and I think the reason why the, the writer writes this is because he's not trying to say that just because the law has been said that God does not understand what we are going through. He says, the person that I've appointed to speak direct to me, just to speak to me, to come and see me face to face, guess what? They are subject to weakness as well. Yeah. Right? Because he doesn't say that I'm setting this bar that you cannot get to. He's saying, I understand. That's why Jesus Christ came so then he can understand. He can see that. And so when, when, God, says, when, when God said those things, when he said the law, it is a fair law. No matter how you like it or you don't. And when he said the order, it's not because he has nothing better to do or he just want to make us miserable, right? It's because he knows that's the best way that we can get to him and he knows our heart and our mind. Yeah. 
right? See, the, the priest carries the thoughts of the people. And this was shown on, on the breastplates and the high priest. There were 12 stones of Israel. And the shoulder strap were engraved with the names of the tribe. They were all in the heart and the shoulders of the priest. So as I talk about our pastors today as well, because this verse touches on it, not because of anything, but because this is where we're in the, in the Bible, right? It's like tithing, just because, you know. Anyway, when I talk about that, I'm talking because that's what he's saying. He's saying that our pastors carry our thoughts, our weight. Same thing. Like, think about it. They don't talk about how big or heavy or comfortable the straps or the 12 stones were. It doesn't talk about how weighted the straps were or if they were in fashion or anything like that. It just says that they carried it. They wore it every single time before. That means that it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what fill in the gap. Our pastors carry your thoughts and they pray for you. And they have you guys in their heart every single day. And they cannot go before God and say, hey, I'm here by myself because that was the law and a requirement. When Pastor Matt and Pastor Crystal comes before God, it's because they can be like, okay, yeah, we are coming about us, but God is like, I've given you a law and an assignment. You have to bring these people alongside, right? So make it easy for our pastors, right? Hebrew 13, 17 says, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, continually recognizing the authority over you. For they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare. Welfare, as men who will have their have to render their account of their trust. Do your part to let them know to let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning. For that would not be profitable for me. Wrong. You guys failed. It's not me. You guys said me. That would not be profitable for yes, for me, right? Because think about it. It has been put on their hearts to do that. Right? Please hold. Keep praying. (laughs) All right. So, how do we keep the law in order? Because it sounds like a lot, right? Have you guys been reading? Like, I, I started reading the Bible all over again, and man, there is. In the beginning, the first chapters, man, there is a lot of laws. Don't do this. If you cut the thing in the face, the blood has to go places. The thing has to do this, right? So how, how do we, how do we keep that? It's a lot. Unless you guys are cramming the Bible, which would be amazing, okay? The glue to keeping the law in order is obedience. The glue to keeping the law in order is obedience. Because we have the Holy Spirit who tells us, he says, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper, he's our companion, he keeps us, he shows us, right? And so we don't need to remember all those things. We don't need to remember, yes, there is a part of that we, we, we learn and we train and we know the things that we are not supposed to do, all the things we are supposed to do, but we don't have to carry the whole Bible memorized in our head, right? Because we knew what the, what happened to the Pharisees, right? But all we have to do is be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And if we are obedient to the Holy Spirit, then guess what? We can keep the law in order. But I see myself and other people, because I've been there before where I'm trying to do things, I'm trying to just do things, and I fail. 
and I feel drastical and I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to do this 10 times. I'm trying to do this. You've said do this and do this and all these things and it's becoming too much. How can I stay grounded? And it's because I'm relying on my own power. It's only when you let the Holy Spirit come and he takes over and then he guides you. The Bible says that the Lord orders our steps. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Lord, where are we going to? The Holy Spirit, guide me, show me what I'm supposed to do. Holy Spirit, I don't know what's happening right now in my life right at this moment. How do I continue? Right? I've spoken to some of you guys and I, I, I say one of the best things that God taught me was Sometimes we'll meet with people and, and they're like, hey, let's talk. And, and as we are talking and I'm telling God, I'm like, God, I pray when I'm meeting with some of you guys. I pray in the process of listening to you. I'm like, God, they said that. I have no idea how to respond. And I'm dead serious. I'm like, Lord, please give me an answer to what they're saying. What are they looking? And then as we talk, I'm like, Lord, I heard what they said, but I'm not sure. I don't want to put myself in there at all. God, help me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, talk to me. And I'll tell you what, Holy Spirit is so faithful. Because by the end of that conversation, all I remember is, yeah, we drank coffee and you asked me two things, but I don't remember the rest. But then a couple of weeks later, you're like, Mugis, thank you so much for the meeting. I'm like, I didn't do anything. And all glory goes to him. Right? You see? The whole, that's, that's, that's the point. And all I have to do is be obedient. He says, ask, seek, knock, knock, knock. When I'm, when I'm going through something, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, guide me, show me what I need to do. And guess, imagine what our church would look like if we all ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and walk with us. Hebrews 5, 8 says, although he was a son, he learned active or special obedience. Though he he through what he suffered, you know we don't like suffering, but there is joy in suffering. There is joy in suffering because it's then that we can see the power of Christ. And Jesus was a son, and he obeyed through suffering. Though he was God, Jesus was obedient. So if he was obedient, being God. What excuse do we have for not being obedient? What excuse do I have for not being obedient? Right? And you might say, oh, you you know, it was Jesus, but the Bible says that he cried out to the Father. He says, when, when he was, when, when he knew what was coming on, he said, Lord, take this away from me. So he was human. He knew what was coming through, was, was going on. And he was crying and saying, I do not want this. This is too much than I can bear. Yet because of the obedience, he still continued. Right? None of you guys is going to be dying on the cross for us. Right? Yet the little thing that God is asking us to do, we do not want to be obedient. We want to be obedient in the things that are in the spotlight. The things that people see. Oh, look at what I'm doing. Look at where I'm at. Look at, look at the things, look at the change that I'm making. Yeah, God is saying, my law is be obedient, whether it's the small things or the big things. And remember, what you do in one area of your life is the same thing that translates to the other part of your life. So if you cannot be obedient in small things, how are you going to be obedient in big things? If I can't trust you with small things, how, 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 if God cannot trust you in small areas of your life, how is he going to be able to trust you in big things of your life? Much is given, much is required, right? 
Having been perfected, he won the right to be the author of eternal salvation for all who obey. Hebrews 5, 9 says, And his complete experience making him perfectly equipped, he became the author and the source of eternal salvation for all who give heed and obey. Let's be obedient to the small things. And guess what? God is going to lift us up. Because most of the time why we don't want to be disobedient is because we don't want to do something that might taint our character or taint the things that we do. We want to show people, look at me, I'm important, so I'm going to do things in my own way. But the opposite is true. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Right? He listened to authority said before him so he could inherit the title of high priest. Matthew 26 says he obeyed. This is the one I talked about. He obeyed at the garden. Matthew 26, 30 says he said to them, my soul is very sad and deeply grieved. So that I'm almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and keep keep awake and keep watch with me. And going to a little father, he threw himself upon the ground and face and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let the cup the cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not that nor what I will, nor what I desire. Nor what I desire, but your will and desire. Think about it, if we prayed that prayer every single day. That is not my will. It's not my will. But your will, Lord. Not my desire. Because I have desires. Right? But God created me for a purpose and a plan. He has set laws that this is, you are my child and these are the things you're supposed to do. Right? We too can if we are willing to be obedient. He became by, he became by being obedient. And we receive blessings by being obedient. Leviticus 26.3.10 10 says, If you walk in my walk statue and keep commandment and do them, I'll give you rain in due season. And the last shall yield her increase and the trees of the field yield their fruit. And your threshing time shall reach to a vintage and a vintage time shall reach the sowing time. And you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land surely. I'll give you peace in the land. You shall lie down and none shall fill you the dread and uh, or make you afraid. And I'll clear it. I'll clear ferocious what, uh, beast out of the land and no sword shall go through your land. And you shall chase your enemies and will fall before you, before you by the, by the sword. Five, five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to fight. Your enemies shall fall before you by sword for I will be leaning towards you with favor and regard for you, rendering your fruit, rendering you fruitful, multiplying you and establishing and rectifying my covenant with you. And you shall eat the abundant Old store of produce long kept and clear out of, out of the old to make room for the new. Yes. It's that if you walk in my statue and keep my commandment. Yes. If you walk in my law, if you keep my law, these are the things that are going to happen. And I spared you guys with the things that are going to not happen if you don't keep the law. So go, go read and see what that, what that talks about. So now that we know that we need to keep the law, we need to, we need to, um, to, to keep the law, we need to, to be, to have an order of doing it. Where do we start? Right? And it's simple. We need to go back to the basics. We need to go back to the basics. Let's look at our Exodus 21 to 17. 
gonna be up like Pastor Man. I know it's gonna be up there, but I like the Bible. <laughs> All right. Exodus twenty one seventeen is the Ten Commandments. And I know it is so easy for us to say to plug out and say, I have heard the Ten Commandments. I mean, they were in the Bible study, you know, children, when we were kids, they are everywhere, right? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not all those things, right? We can just say them, right? But really, when is the last time you sat down and took a minute to look at the original law, right? That was said before you, that was said before the Israelites, before us, by God. When is the last time you read them and said, Lord, Holy Spirit, search me and tell me what areas in my life am I not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? When is the last time you read and said, Holy Spirit, help me to understand, right? You know, one of the things is I've been reading, uh, I've been reading Psalms and, man, Psalms 119, I've been reading Psalms 119 and, and I see why David heart was a man after God's heart. Because he didn't try to make it like I knew. He told God, teach me, show me, help me. I am weak. I'm not able to do it. He recognizes where he was and he realized that he needed to call Christ to lead him and guide him. And it's the same approach I'm asking you tonight. As we look at the Ten Commandments, yes, I'm going to just take a few minutes to look at them. But my question is, go sit down tonight and ask, Lord, teach me to understand why this was the first ten laws that you give the Israelites. Because if we go back to the basics, just the same thing like we, when uh, Dick and Tiffany was talking about, she talked about the original laws that were written. But guess what? We've amended them to a point where we are eroding everything that was supposed to be there. And I feel the same thing happens when you look at the Ten Commandments. We start adding and amending so then they can fit exactly what we want. But in order for us to stick and stay in the right path, we have to go back to the original laws and look at them and ask God, what was your intention on us knowing what we need to do? The Ten Commandments. Then God spoke to all, spoke all these words. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make yourself any idols or any likeness form form manifestation of what is in heaven above or earth beneath or in what in water under the earth as the object to be worshipped. It is very very clear. It doesn't. It can be. It it, it does. It doesn't matter whether it's in the air above heavens. It doesn't matter whether it's below. It doesn't matter whether it's in the water. It is very, very clear. You shall not have anything that you put above God. And I had to ask God in the last probably six weeks as I looked through this text, I'm like, Lord, what are the things that I've put in my heart above you, Lord? Because I might not be having an idol that's sharpened in my living room, but what are the things that keep me up at night? What are the things that if I feel like they're going to be taken away from me, that it makes me worry and shake? What are the things in my life that I give more time to than I give God? You shall not have any other God above me. 
You shall not worship them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, demanding what is rightful and unique, uniquely mine, visiting, avenging the iniquity, sins, and guilt of the fathers of the children. That is calling uh, that's calling the children to the account of the sins to their father, to the third generation, fourth generation of those who hate me. But I show graciousness and steadfast loving kindness to thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandment. I want my generations, a thousand, to be blessed. That's what I want. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is irrelevant in false affirmation or in ways of impute in the character of God. For the Lord will not hold guiltless, nor live and punish the ones who take his name in vain, disregarding their reverence and its power. Think about that. Disregarding the reverence of Christ. Yes, I might not use the word, the name of the Lord to curse, but when I talk, when I do the things I do, am I regarding Christ with reverence? Am I regarding, am I regarding Christ with reverence? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Set it apart, dedicated to God. I'm letting that one simmer because it took a minute in my heart too. Six days you shall labor and do all the work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day, a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day you shall not do any work, you and your sons or your daughters or the male servant or your female servants or the livestock, temporary resident foreigners who stay within your city gates. For six days the Lord made the heavens and that, the sea and everything in them, and he rested on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. That is, he set it apart for his purpose. Remember how I said, take these laws and ask the Holy Spirit to interpret it. Because I know as I read this, I'm like, but Lord, there are ABC I need to provide for my family. I need to do all these things. I am not the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to read the law like it is. Take it to the Holy Spirit. Ask him, Holy Spirit, interpret what is this intended for in my heart? What, what, when this was said, what does that look like? Yeah. Honor, respect, obey, care for your father and your mother. So that your days may be prolonged in the land and the Lord of your God gives you. You shall not commit murder, unjustified, deliberate, or homicide. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, secretly, openly, fraudulent, or through carelessness. There is no excuse, even through carelessness. You shall not testify falsely that, uh, falsely that is lie, withhold, or manipulate the truth against your neighbor or persons. That's very big in our community. But it's a small lie. But it's, I'm self-preserving. I'm trying to preserve myself. So it's okay if I tell just a little bit. The Lord does not waver. God does not waver. Right? You shall not covet. That is, um, selfishly desire and attempt to acquire your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his, fem- uh, or his donkey or anything belongs to your neighbors. Transition, you're not going to try to keep up with the Joneses. 
right? And I'm not standing here and saying, I have conquered all this. I said, the thing is with preaching, that's why we are merciless when you're preaching out here, because we go through this. We have to examine ourselves. We have to ask the Lord, search me because I do not want to stand there in front of people and tell them things that they do that I do not do. Right? So you have an assignment tonight, tomorrow, this week, this month. Take those laws and take them to the Lord and ask him, God, what do you see when you see me? What do you see me right now? Remember, David would say, Lord, I am weak. I am this. This is where I'm at. Help me. Teach me to be where you want me to be. We have to have that openness. Psalms 119.34 says, Give me understanding that I may keep your law. Yes, I will observe it with my whole heart. Give me understanding. Psalms 119.56 remove from, remove from me the way of falsehood and unfaithfulness to you and graciously impact your law on me. Love the law of Christ. Psalms 119.56 This I have as a gift of your grace and as my reward that I have kept your precepts, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying them. It's only when we see the law of God and we realize that, remember, he created you. He has a plan for you. He knows, just like even I talk about it with our kids. There are things that I love to tell my kids no. Because guess what? When we tell them no, we are leading them in the right path. And it's good for them. I know it doesn't feel that way. But think about it. When we read this law, stop looking at it like, oh, another restricting thing in my life. Look at it like, this is great for me. This is liberating. This is beautiful. Right? See, I know for those who are watching online and those who are here, that you might be crying out to the Lord today and saying, I don't know where to start. And all this sounds like a lot, Lord. I don't understand some of those things that have been said. Russ? Okay. We'll keep talking. And you're crying out to the Lord and asking him, where do I start? Ask the Holy Spirit to come in your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Remember, even Jesus himself was vulnerable. Jesus himself was vulnerable. He, he knew he couldn't handle it. Right? Don't get distracted. Listen. He knew that it was too much for him. But yet I see some of us coming to God, puffing our chest that we got this. We got this. Lord, I just need you to work on this one little part of my life because I got the rest of it. But we need to allow God to work deep, deep, deep in our hearts. We need to give it all to him. We need to let everything go and say, Lord, I am empty. I have nothing to offer. I need you in my life. I need you to search my heart and seek those things in me that I'm holding on to, that are making me not come to you and be obedient to the law and the things that you said before me. Let's close your eyes. Tonight for you guys who are online and those guys who are here. Take a moment to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. 
I need you to destroy any false image that I might have. I need you, God. I need you, Holy Spirit, to guide me and show me where I'm at right now and the things that have tainted of your law, O King of glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today, Lord. I thank you, Father, because your word is true, Lord. I thank you because today, Lord, we cannot leave this place not saying that we do not know what you require of us, Father. I thank you because you are gentle and nice and good and beautiful that you teach us these things, God, now, Father. That we can't say it's too late for us, Lord. We thank you because you're giving us a chance to continue to seek you, God. To, to correct our ways, oh God. Father, I pray for myself and your people, God. That you may lead them, oh God, to you, Lord. That you have a God, you may take them back to the basics, oh God. That you may take them back to the basics, oh King of glory, Father. To realize the intentions that you had for them when you created them, oh God. When you created us, oh God. The intentions that you had, oh God. The law that you said before us, oh God. I pray, Father, King of glory, God, that you may bring us back to that place, oh God. I'm coming back to the place of worship, God. When it's all about you, Jesus. When it's all about you, Jesus. So if you are here tonight, and you do not know Jesus, and you want to know him, because you realize that you cannot do it by your own, Go ahead and slip your hand and we'll pray for it. We'll pray with you. Same thing online. If you are online listening to this and you haven't given your life to Christ, God is there and He says, Come, you who are heavy related. I know my yoke is, my walk, my, my yoke is, uh, is light. Ask God to come into your heart. Ask Him, Lord, come into my heart. And renew me and change me. God, as we live here today, Lord, I pray that you be with us, God. That you will lead us, oh God. That we do not forget what you've taught us. I come against the enemy stealing the word that's already gone forth, Father. I seal it with your blood in the name of Jesus. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.